Welcome to the Content Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. Hello. Today we talk with Chris Jalifka. He's an artist, writer, and the founder of Evil Tinder, an online magazine that focuses on the working artist. Hey, Chris, how you doing? This is Daniel. Daniel, how you doing, man? I am doing great. I know we were talking and we haven't seen each other since March of last year. Yes. Crazy. And that was, I used to go, I used to see you all the time in San Jose. I was going up to San Jose once or twice a week and now. Yeah. I know. We would get drinks at Fountainhead and stuff like that. I was just thinking about that. And I can't believe how much time has gone by um, without me seeing you. I'm, I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a, a joy to go up there. But yeah, so soon. Yeah. So then this last year. OK, now we met when um, let's see, you were still with the opera, right? At that particular time. Doing yeah, at, that, the... at that point, I was yeah still with Opera San Jose. Right, and so your your role with them was uh, marketing and uh, design. Is that it was, right? Um, I was the communications manager, yeah, which was basically all of the graphic design work, um, and then any sort of event outside of the actual opera themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it, it was all marketing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was super fun, but yeah, that's cool. So um, this, but you do, you've had a side project called Evil Tinder for mm-hmm. how long? When did you launch that kind of like online uh, magazine? Uh, 2011. 2011. Okay. And it specifically focuses on kind of like illustrators, design, well, creatives and artists, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to focus on um, the working artists, specifically not, not a fine artist, not a, somewhat, not like a painter that's going to make a million dollars off their painting, but someone who's you know, selling stuff to magazines and just, you know, selling posters and kind of yeah. your, your average. Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's where the bulk of artists end up at. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting philosophy because it's, you know, of course you're the work that you're doing, they're, they're, they're all art artists and mm-hmm. they're artists, but yeah, when you do a job specifically for clients so that you make a living with your art, I mean, uh, that's an interesting thing. And that's what you called it, Evil Tender, right? Because we all kind of... Yeah, and that was... It was... um, Evil Tender started... Like, I have... There's probably a string of horrible blog spots I started from, like, 2004 on. I just got... (laughs) You know, because you come up with an idea, and you're like, oh, that sounds like a great website. Yeah. And then I do it, and then I was like, oh, this isn't going... I can't do this for long. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I started Evil Tender, I just kind of thought it was going to be, oh, yeah, like, I'll focus... Like, the first idea was i'm just going to focus on everyday people like doing their jobs yeah um oh so not even artists so much it was it was basically yeah because they have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs and really happy with their work but it's nothing glamorous yeah um and then at the same time like so and so i thought oh yeah how long can that go so i just kind of I listened to a song and I misheard the, the lyrics as Evil Tender. And I was like, ah, it'll work. <laughs> it's oh, ava- really? Yeah, it's available. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. Okay, so stop right there. So what was the song lyric that you misinterpreted? It was um, a song by the Handsome Furs, which is like this synth rock duo. 
and the guy kind of has like a distinctive voice and he was singing about legal tender obviously and then he, uh, and then, but he didn't really pronounce the l because uh, i don't know so it yeah. was just it was just one of those things like a, a project i didn't think i was gonna keep doing it and then yeah and then as i kept going um because it's it was it's on wordpress yeah and, and wordpress used to have this page their front page where they would have like freshly pressed so if you so you could go to the freshly pressed pressed page of wordpress and it would show you everything that's been published um on wordpress the last week or so and like the top oh. 10 and like what they seem what, what they deemed like the top 10 articles to read oh okay yeah and a few things i wrote were were put there a couple times and i was like oh I, okay so you hit the big time yeah. i was like okay that then um and one of them one of them was kind of the basis of the the idea behind just working people was um, I'm a huge food network fan and all that stuff. And then you see, and I've worked in restaurants and, and you see like the cult of food shows yeah. always ends up being like the chef is a celebrity chef is this, but I'm like, that's just a regular job, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, and then yeah, I started yeah. thinking like, well, what about the dishwashers and the waiters and the bar and the, and the bus boys? Like a lot of people like do really cool. I mean, it's not as attractive as being the chef, but like, yeah, um, yeah, a great dishwasher. So I kind of wrote about that, like, yes, we should celebrate these people doing doing this job, but how about all these other people that are also important? Yeah. So yeah. that made it there, and then another one I actually wrote. And it was an interview with the artist I knew in San Francisco. Hmm. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. So I just kept, and then yeah, yeah. So then, okay, so you started it to kind of like highlight, kind of like the every man issue of your way, but then yeah, and it's obviously morphed way more in to illustrators even well you do models photographers, photographers right so how did that what was the the morphing then going from um kind of like the average joe to the artist who's you know working to make a living yeah um i think in about 2010 or about 2011 12 when it was going um one of my uh one of my i had written a script that got that was um in the Austin Film Festival. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the Austin Film Festival and, you know, talk to people because my script's in competition. So I went, and then at the same time, one of my artist friends from San Francisco said, I have a painting in the show at a gallery in Austin. And I said, well, I'll be in Austin. I'll go check it out. Mm-hmm. And it was at the Mondo Gallery. And I go in there, and it's just like a poster show that has a few um, paintings in it. And as soon as I saw like the first poster, I was like, oh man, I really miss, cause I used to do screen printing and print make, like that's what I went to school for. Yeah. And then I was trying to force the film thing to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would go to LA and get any kind of job and then move back home. Oh, but so like, and I just saw, once I saw that poster, I was like, oh my God, I, I miss it. Cause you can see the layers of ink and you can tell like how hard it is to do. And then, yeah. um, so then I just started, interviewing we're reaching out to the artists that i saw on that show yeah like the hows and whys and then it seemed to be like okay like that fits in with the I, the core idea of the site in the first place was to focus on just people and their jobs because i feel like at least for me what i do is part of who i am right yeah you know so and i think and some people are really proud of the things they do and that's awesome. And that should be celebrated and highlighted. And then 
yeah. realized, okay, like I can get that, but put it on these poster artists and these illustrators who are making movie posters or making gig posters mm-hmm. or doing editorial work for the New Yorker. And, and yeah. it was, it, it just kind of opened up like, okay, yeah, this is, it's where I feel like it's where I met. I, I, it's your passion. I found, your yeah. I found, yeah, yeah. I found, yeah. I found my niche and I found yeah. it after I lo- trying, after yeah, trying I, to do so many different things where you're like, okay, I have yeah. all these different interests. What is yeah. going to work? <laughs> I love it. And then I remember seeing, I guess, after you told me about her, I don't know if I actually had seen it before, but um, I, in some ways I'm jealous because you know what I mean? Like you don't have a, like I somewhat have a mission with a boundary, right? You mm-hmm. know, Silicon Valley, Santa Clara County, but you can interview an artist, an illustrator from anywhere. And so yeah. that really, you know, I'm like, oh, dang, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who's someone that you have interviewed or that you uh, featured that you are, were like starstruck and super excited about? You know what? Like um, it all kind of happened really fast because I thought – I was going to have to interview, not have to, but I was like, okay, I'll start with my, my own artists, circle of artist friends I knew from mm-hmm. college and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I'll use those to show other artists and they'll want to do it. Yeah. But I think right out the gate, I just emailed everybody that, I mean, I kind of did it one by one because I didn't want to commit myself if everybody said yes at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pace so, yourself. Yeah. Um, the first person I, re- I remember reaching out to, I, they've, I'm always surprised when people say yes. Right, but I remember yeah. um, Kevin Tong, who's an illustrator. He was out of LA, now he's in Austin. But Because his was the poster I saw at the Mondo Gallery, and I was like, oh my God, that is an amazing poster. Yeah. Um, he had a Bride of Frankenstein poster, and, and I just loved it. And then I tried to buy it, but they don't. But I, I was going back to California, they, they wouldn't ship it. And then I went online, and it had already sold out. So, oh, wow. yeah. And so I reached out to him. Um, and actually, now we're like good friends. Um, yeah, because then I'll, I'll go to Comic Con, I'll go to various conventions and galleries just because it's, it's at those places where you get like Comic Con is where you'll meet like, oh, the comic book artists that you've never right. met are going to yeah. be there. So yeah. it's kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, and you focus, it seems like you tend to focus more, and this is probably because your own passion, a little bit more kind of like on illustrators and, right? And is that yeah. because of your, your history with screen printing and? I think so. Yeah. Cause I wanted it to be, um, also cause I realized there's enough people focusing on fine art. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I don't really have anything to add. Okay. Which is, <laughs> you know, if, if, if the conversation, if everybody's having the same conversation about Banksy, then I don't really need to, you know, right. I'm just, yeah, I'm totally. just going to be, yeah. So, and, I, and whenever I was looking up stuff about these poster artists, a lot of it was about, cause they're highly um, collectible, which means they go up in value, which means, yeah. Um, so a lot of the conversation was about the price and how to get this, how to get that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well I'll just ignore I can easily ignore that stuff and just focus on the art. And then it turned actually a lot of my readers now, I feel like are the artists themselves Hmm. Yeah. Um, I would think we, so. I think you would have a big artist of, I mean, a audience of artists that are curious about other artists, I would think. You know? Yeah. You know, cause they, they'll give tips and they'll explain and, you know, I like to break down like 
rather than focus on, I mean, it depends on who, who the artist is, but sometimes I'll just focus on one poster. Yeah. And we talk cool. about, we talk about one poster yeah. um, and, and hopefully there's something there to talk about, but I usually, <laughs> I, mean, I tend to, I tend to write extensive notes and then um, plan it out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, a, and if I can tell pretty quickly if there's going to be anything interesting there. Yeah. So then for you, what, how would you, I mean, are you, would you say you're primarily a writer then? Because you've written, you've, you've written these interviews, done these interviews, you've written for different magazines, including mm-hmm. content magazines. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, would you say, and you said that you were trying to do screenplays. Yeah. Right. But yeah, how would you, how would you explain your kind of your art form that you work in? <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a writer, which feels really weird to say, cause it's, if it's one of those things like I've always wanted to be I'm like, wait, am I one now? Like when, <laughs> when is, when is it actually, when is it okay to say that? And not, I'm not just, um, <laughs> taking credit. Well, but, if you've been published several yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. But I, I wouldn't say like, I'm not a journalist. Hmm. I pretty much focus on nonfiction works. Um, yeah. so far everything I've done has been art related, which is great. Like, so evil tender kind of just became this, um, resume kind of, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. whenever like I wanted whenever I approached you about writing for content, I could just send you like here's two or three interviews I'm really proud of. Yeah. Um when I were when I was writing for Juxtapose, I kinda did the same thing. Cause yeah. and then and then now like people are reaching out to me um like ten years later, which is nice. I've yeah. been writing I've been asked to write um the forward for a few art books. Yeah, great. So that's been fun. You know, it's so like, oh I guess I know I You're a writer. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but I also think like that's um, but then also like okay with at Upper San Jose I was a communications manager so maybe I'm in mark maybe I'm I'm a marketing guy maybe yeah. I'm a copywriter um, I can do all that stuff right and it's really fun um, you it's it's kind of funny because right yeah so and I think of writing. Right. I, well, any art form, even like that for writing articles and doing interviews and kind of creative narratives and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be looked down by a novelist. Right. A novelist yeah. might look down on that of like, oh, they're just doing this for money. Right. So it's interesting <laughs> yeah. that you're living kind of in some way that kind of evil tender kind yeah. of paradox. Right. Exactly. And, and I feel like that's the spot where I don't want to say most but to go yeah. into a creative field, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I mean, I've worked as a, ph- a photographer's assistant doing like mm-hmm. advertising stuff. Yeah. You know, I worked, I worked at a record, I worked at a recording studio as a sound engineer. Yeah. Um, and there's like so many of those jobs where they're not all about like, there's not much money. Um, yeah. and everybody wants the job too. <laughs> Even <laughs> yeah. though like, you're like, wow, I'm really strong. I'm really hooked on this job that I kind of want to get out of, but kind of want to stay because everybody else wants it right yeah 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 like how great to be a sound engineer like, like, i know exactly wait a second, like I, these hours suck <laughs> yeah the hours suck to get called in late and you're working on like oh the thing i worked on will be shown during the super bowl i'm like i don't get paid extra for that right but it, yeah. and i'm still living in a studio apartment so right yeah and i and, and you kind of feel like wait this i wanted to do art stuff and it's kind of creative but it's um yeah. wasn't able to play as much as I wanted to. And I feel like a lot of people, um, even these illustrators who they mm-hmm. have personal projects they want to take on, 
um, but they also have to pay their bills. So they're like, okay, I will take that toy box design. Yeah. 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 Or I'll do a commission or I'll sell my originals. Um, or yeah. So they got it. Everybody has their little niche. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw something. I I don't even, I can't even remember what it was, but it was some kind of thing. And the person asked them like, you know, like, what do you want to be or something like that? And someone, they said, you know, successful or something along those lines. And then the person said, oh, that's what it was. It was like the Versace series. And the, his, he said something like that, wanted to be successful. And his mom said, um, the only way that you are successful is through hard work, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the thing that people, especially when it comes to creative, they just think it is plain, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And and it is enjoyable. Like So like you're interviewing somebody and you're writing, but there's an aspect of it that's still toil, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wrote an article. Um, what a, uh, there's an artist, Matt Griffin, um, from Ireland, and he does a lot of sci-fi stuff, and he's been getting into... Um, nfts so NFTs. doing like yeah non-fungible tokens okay oh yeah yeah yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah 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 so and i've been working on this article and i was like because it's evil tender i kind of set my own schedule mm-hmm. i can be like it's gonna i can tell myself i'm gonna publish on monday but if i don't get it done i can do it on tuesday yeah but <laughs> and it's not even a long article but i just wrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it because um yeah and it was work and i was like frustrated i think yeah. it came out okay um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was still fun. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. It's more fun when it's over. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When I can read it back, like after the first draft is written and you can read it back and go, okay, I know what to change. I have something to work with. Yeah. But when yeah. you're just trying to get those first words down, um, it can yeah, take it's, some time. it's that cycle, right? I mean, like the idea of the new project, the new thing, right. You're like, you're excited about this person, whatever. And that's super exciting. Then you get into it, and then once you have to whittle it down to produce it, that's the mm-hmm. yuck. And then after it's – when you're done with it, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> and then you go, wait a second. That was, like, really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it's so like – yeah, I was thinking about that with um, – because I'm hoping once this – once everything opens back up again. Um, I was Actually, I was talking to you about it before last year or a year and a half mm-hmm. ago. was trying to do some events in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's really hard work just to get things going. But once it's there and it's happening, it's, like, so fun to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you so haven't then, had – Yeah, we haven't, haven't had been, a uh, Yeah, party. that you haven't yeah. been able to have your content parties. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it – Yeah, even uh, the the first one with lockdown was that story that you did with uh, Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann. Oh, Atano, oh right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, That was yeah. the first lockdown, and that you did that article, that interview with her – and that was the first time we did an online uh, pickup party, which mm-hmm. was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> After four. How's it been? I, yeah. Yeah. Five we now. actually, we only did two. We've only done two online parties. But I, you know, the funny thing is going into COVID, I don't know if you're like this too. I'm way more of just an in person guy. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. going to even like normally, even if I have to have a meeting, I'll say, well, let's meet for coffee. Do you know what I mean? Rather than like an email yeah. or, you know, so I've have not been excited about being involved in Zoom at all, right? Or yeah, even events yeah. and concerts online. It's been it, I just haven't really participated much. What yeah, about you? Or what, mean, what's, uh, how do you? I'm I haven't done many Zoom things. My wife does them all the time. She's a very very social animal. Um, yeah. 
which is awesome. Like I always felt like I was super introverted. Like I get my energy by being home. I like being alone. I like being home and alone. Um, yeah. But then after with given that as the only option, I'm starting to, you know, realize <laughs> like, you know what? Like, no, I miss just for no reason. Like, okay. Yeah. Like Daniel wants to talk. Yeah. I'll, I'll just Let's drive up to drink. San Jose. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll just, I'll just drive up from, from Gilroy, hang out in San Jose. Oh, and then while I'm there, you know, we can, I can chat with David Ma over the fountainhead and you, there's like, it's yeah. fun. And, and like, that's not an option anymore. Yeah. Well, I, uh, that's funny because I would consider you to be a pretty social person. Yeah. But, but the, I, um, yeah, but the, the, the Zoom stuff, um, we did a few little happy hour things at the beginning. Yeah. We're like, oh, let's Zoom with friends and have a drink. And then um, yeah. I, I think my my wife still sets them up, but I don't really <laughs> attend. <laughs> yeah, I did and a couple. wrong with that. I just can't, I just can't focus. Yeah. And, so, and you know what? Like it is, it is fun. We did this one um, around Christmas time. We have some, my wife's college friends in San Diego, um, I forget what happened. My son asked about this run. My son asked about what Hanukkah was and we're like, Oh, Hanukkah, it's Jewish holiday. There's the menorah. And he's like, Oh, okay. How does it work? And we're like, Oh, oh cool. let's call Evan and Daniela. So we did like a zoom, um, kind of Hanukkah explanation for him. Like yeah, they cool. showed him that like their sons showed like th- our kids about the, the um, same age and the kids were got on the screen and like showed him how to play with a dreidel explained oh, yeah. like they lit the menorah and it was just like okay like that was that was something super cool yeah i, yeah. I really liked so yeah like zoom has its places yeah um <laughs> yeah. we've also been doing a lot of um like we sit on the front porch and set up a table and a tent on the lawn yeah just because um but and do you, you know, have, have people and people walk by in your neighborhood and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, we're friends with everybody on our street, so they'll just like walk by and then maybe have a drink with us. And it's to the point now where like the kids are pretty like they never really had a trouble with masks. They're six and seven, so now like they know when people comes over, yeah. they stay back, they wear their masks, they stay on the porch. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's where that is. But you know, I just yeah. got my I got my second shot. My wife just got her second oh, cool. shot today. Right on. So, um, so get, get, let, you know, let's, the, this intersection between like, you know, art, you know, commercial art mm-hmm. versus fine art. Um, I, like what's, like, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, like, I, I'm really fascinated. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, you even fine artists, right. They end up mm-hmm. getting put on postcards and bumper stickers and t-shirts. Right. So, yeah, I think the, um, with illustration, you're one, it's, you know, it's a job and you, um, you're telling somebody else's story using yeah. your own tools mm-hmm. and fine art. I mean, fine art can do that too, but it's not, um, but you're telling your own story through your, um, whatever your medium is. Yeah. Um, I think with illustration, I just find like that's, um, because I was always fascinated by book covers and magazine covers and toy boxes yeah. and stuff like that. And you're like, and then, yeah. and then you get older and you realize, wow, somebody painted that. Someone drew that. Someone <laughs> yeah. got, someone got hired to draw He-Man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe like the fine art stuff, it was always, even though I went to art school was always like, just felt, um, cause you don't really, see, you don't really see it as 
I feel like illustration that you see it every day and everybody sees it every day, whether they know it or not. Um, Fine art. I think sometimes maybe the turnoff for fine art to me for fine art is it, I like things that don't have to exist only in one spot. And I feel like with fine art, Mm. it's, um, it's the museum, it's the galleries, which is fun. Um, and then, I don't know, there's a, there's some kind of, um, like what you're saying about writers, like writing for a magazine and in the internet versus a novelist who might like, you know, feel some sort of elite part of who they are. And I feel like fine art, fine artists probably think about that, about illustrators. Cause I do like, I do follow a lot of fine artists and that kind of writing stuff. Um, yeah. And a lot of it focuses on like the money. I think anything that just focuses on the money is really a turn off for me. Which you is kind of funny, right? Yeah. Because you think that the, the commercial artist is the one who's doing it for money. But yeah. in the fine art world, the value and the status and the validation is yeah. how much can they sell it at a at a auction or a gallery, right? So yeah. it's kind of funny how much the money is the validation, you know, for Yeah. And yeah. it's, and at the same time, like there's, especially when people are talking about like how to, I see artists talking about how to like, um, value their art, like what price, what's the price point. And cause you don't want it to be so low that it's embarrassing or too high that yeah. no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Um, that's what I also like about illustration. It's just, I won't say that there's a standard, but it's like, it's affordable cause they want people to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, uh, or, or you want, I want anybody to be able to have it. Like the times I've done gallery shows i really try to keep the prices affordable yeah. so so you can just pop in and be like oh hey this is cool yeah i got 40 bucks yeah but yeah. then also have like the original drawings and maybe a few paintings there that um for the for the more collector person yeah. but yeah yeah it is interesting because you know i think especially like you know because i do photography and yeah yeah seeing the change that happened even especially with like the you know from irving penn and richard avedon like the fashion photographers and stuff like that right who Mm -hmm. started out being very much commissioned by the magazines even annie Leibovitz, right with rolling Mm stone like you're getting hired to go do this but then those images have turned around and are in the art galleries yeah and that's the thing is like, what's the, what, you know, what is the delineation between commercial and fine art? Like where, you know, is that, I think it's more blurred now that we're such a consumer culture in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but exactly. I guess the, I guess the real thing is the skill, right? Yeah. Like um, there's a, a good example. Like there's a book publisher called the Folio Society. And what mm-hmm. they do is they take, you know, classic books and they make them like into like these collectible books. So it'll be like, um, oh, I can't think, I'm, all of a sudden I'm not thinking of anything, but like the Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy and they'll yeah. make, and they'll make like, um, they'll design like a slip case for it. It'll be hardcover and they'll hire an illustrator to like just totally do up the book and it's designed to the end of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they do books like that. And a lot of their artists they get are, I've been finding because I would because sometimes I'll go there to see if because they they're really good at finding new artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had one where um, a painter and I, I only knew he was like a I, I only knew him as a fine artist, but he ended up doing a couple. He did um, a The Great Gatsby f- for them, and his oh, paintings cool. are really his paintings are like big and like really they seem like like wow how would you have the time like if you're an illustrator how would you have a time or if you're if you're a fine artist how do you have the time 
yeah to paint each each like 11 pieces but i'm like oh you know he's also this is also his job i'm sure he knows what he's doing <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah. that's where yeah that, that's where it does kind of kind of it can go back and forth where you have an artist who yeah can have a fine art gallery show and then also end up doing album covers or yeah um, yeah because yeah. also not all of them do the same exact thing like some some don't really handle typography so they'll just hand off the artwork and someone else will do that stuff yeah. um so like wow like there's there's room for everybody yeah it's interesting i mean even when you think about it like a lot of people who have um even like in the graffiti realm where they start out with graffiti but then now they've turned into doing t-shirts and clothing brand or you know what i mean yeah you know that there's always the i mean the reality is you know you can love your craft but you still gotta make money <laughs> you yeah. gotta you gotta eat <laughs> yeah and that's the, and that's and i that's the hard part and um i realized that a little bit too late but because i was when i was in college i went to the academy of art in san francisco yeah and and my and i had been going there because they offered like summer schools for junior high and high school so i've been going there since then oh wow. um and i just assumed i would go there and i went um to major in fine art printmaking and it was super fun and then um about two years in i realized like because some of the students were amazing like the older um students there were awesome and and i was so impressed by them and then once they would graduate i noticed a trend of those yeah. recent graduates working at the printing at lab or somewhere in, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah and i was like oh that's not a really <laughs> and at the same time, everyone's asking me, like, what are you going to do for work? What are you going to do for work? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. I switched. So that's whenever I switched to film. Um, so I was like, I'll just do film because that's. That makes lots of money. Everybody. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, well, because I was like, there's lots of different jobs. Um, I can write. And at the time, like, I was recording bands. So I knew how to do that. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I. And then that worked out. And then that kind of turned into advertising because yeah. I started taking a lot of. Um, I ran out of all the classes there so i started taking like copywriting and that kind of stuff yeah 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 it's it it is interesting yeah it's funny i I've, i know that experience too just like being seeing art schools and private schools and then seeing wait a second like all the <laughs> alumni are working here so does that mean there's no, yeah it's like, like this machinery yeah. yeah yeah and and, and that's cool like i, I don't I'm, i wouldn't put i wouldn't i don't turn that i don't look down on that it's just like that's not what i wanted to do yeah um yeah and then cool. so i had to make i had to make a decision <laughs> yeah so then for you do you have kind of like a guiding philosophy of life like what what uh, drives you um philosophy of life i mean the first thing that comes to mind is just like, just always be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Like that can never go, that never goes wrong. Um, <laughs> try to be as helpful as you can. Like, I think that's, that's kind of a philosophy of evil tender too, is just, um, you know, if you, if you can help people out, like, and sometimes it's sharing their work or, yeah. um, getting them in touch with someone else. It's, um, yeah. And that's, it doesn't hurt to, be an example for my kids. That's another thing. It's like, oh yeah, I have kids. They're going to be, they're watching what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But, um, yeah. So then how has it been? What, uh, well, what have you learned 
about yourself this last year with, uh, you know, we've all kind of had this little Petri dish of introspection and, um, you know, and not so much solitude, especially if you have two young kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, what have you, what, what kind of has been real revealed about yourself? What have you learned about yourself this last year? You know, I was kind of thinking like I would, I would have learned more or yeah. changed or grown. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the, the first thing is, um, is the fact that I always assumed like being home all the time would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm naturally introverted. So I thought like, oh, this is going to be great. I can just sit home and just, yeah, focus and get in tune with myself and all that and really do some um, thinking. Yeah. But then I realized, oh, yeah, like, like I mentioned, like I miss going out for no reason. Yeah. Like I miss um, throwing events and focusing on stuff like that. It's kind yeah. of being stuck home is kind of, um, especially at the big, because at the beginning of COVID, I was starting to ramp up that event stuff with right. the tender. Yeah. Cause it was like, there was a time when I, when I left Opera San Jose and I was like, okay, now I can hundred percent focus on evil tender. And I was thinking there, I forget what they're called. Um, there's those storefronts on third, I think, or right next to San Pedro. Oh yeah. The moments. Yeah. 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 So there's those. And I was like, okay, so I applied for one of those. Um, I was just talking to, cause I was like, oh, I can set up like a, um, a poster shop here yeah. and I can just, just to, just to be out and about and meet everyone. Yeah. Like, so I was, I was, I had applied to that. I don't know, even know if they had, I had gotten back to, if they had gotten back to me at all. Um, and then I was talking to people about spaces for events and I was going to do something at the Winchester mystery house, yeah, like all right. three evil, like all three evil tenders. So it was like, I was really pushing that and then have it all like, Oh, okay, well I can't. And then yeah. I was try, trying to do that kind of thing and be more of a freelance graphic designer. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. kind of like doing what I was doing at Opera San Jose, but just doing it for, for other people. And that was kind of starting to, I was getting people um, responding. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, then what's was, the, what's the plan for you coming out of COVID? Are you going to look back to get kind of looking to ramp up to get some events kind of going or um... I, don't, I don't know if it's too i don't know when it, it seems like there's a, yeah. going to be a point where it's just too soon like yeah. i would love to start contacting people now because like but even if they say oh yeah we can book you a spot here at in december are people right. going to want to go out in december yeah like yeah. just because the venues are ready doesn't mean people are ready to go out right totally. um, i actually um hired a business coach oh cool so i so i have a she's focuses on like the creative sector so a lot of her um, clients are like writers, dancers, um, just yeah. kind of illustrators, just artists like that. So, and it's kind of, and our talks have been kind of about like, okay, because yeah, I did kind of start evil tender. It's just like a fun project, but now it's like it, um, you know, putting out posters and traveling there's, you know, money going out, but also money coming in. I'm like, Oh, I actually have a business. I accidentally, yeah. I accidentally made a business. Um, <laughs> accidentally made a business. Yeah. That's the best know, so, kind of business to have. Exactly. Yeah. And it's super fun. So, so like I've been, that's one thing I've been trying to spend more time on. Like, Oh, I should, you know, have a calendar of like what I was saying, like, okay, should I have a calendar of how often I post versus how often I release a poster versus newsletters, you know, social media posts, like managing all of that. Like I, like yeah. you would for a business because yeah. I, because evil tender for me has always been like, like my play area. Like I, if I don't feel like writing right now, I don't have to. That yeah. kind of thing. 
yeah. But now, but it's like, okay, that that's cool, but it's time to actually um, go to the next level. Yeah, go to the next level, and I think that's just doing like those basic admin stuff that like any other business would have to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, like okay, like how do I, you know, automated emails for when someone buys a post, which I don't, uh, I I haven't done. Have I done it yet? Just like someone buys a poster or looks yeah. at a poster and you send them an email saying like, oh, yeah. you left something in your cart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like, do I want to do that? Like, that's what businesses do, but it's, they yeah. can, they, people can always delete the emails. So that's, um, I try to yeah. be mindful of how people are going to react to that kind of stuff to like the, the user end. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause at some places, you know, like at the opera, like it's expected. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, but with a, like you're, you're kind of in the little conundrum then where evil tender is somewhat of a art project, but mm -hmm. then to go to the next level, you have to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> it's come yeah. full circle. Full yeah. Circle. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know, I don't know if it's no. selling out or no. it's just like, yeah, but, um, yeah, not selling it's, out. It's not, yeah. I don't know if it's, yeah, but it is okay. Yeah. Like, but yeah, you know, you but know, be mindful, like, yeah. But be mindful of of like, okay, how much inventory is in this like in the store? Because um, really, it's like turned into the writing doesn't make the money; it's the selling the posters that makes the money. Sure, yeah. Um, and I like doing that part too. But it's you know, it's like talking to printers, ordering supplies, shipping. It's yeah. all it's all it's all things like which I think at some point I'd like to hire someone to to to, to do that part. Yeah, yeah, all that technical stuff well just like you know like like i'll deal with the, the printer and all that kind of and the artist but once the posters get here i'll need someone you know because i have to unpack them and number them and then when orders come in ship them out yeah all those little things that i ended yeah. up doing like i ended up doing it like at midnight <laughs> right exactly but yeah i mean that's the way i mean that's the way every business kind of starts right is like yeah especially when you're doing something like you're doing it you do everything, right? So you're yeah. doing the interviewing, you're doing the writing, you're doing the posting of that, you're doing the promotion of that, you're doing the posters, you're doing the sell. I mean, then you put together the events and there's, and you know what I mean? And when it's so new, it's great and exciting. Yeah. But then once, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember, I mean, I was thinking some of the articles, I did the photos, I did the, yeah. the writing, and then I did the layout, and then <laughs> I did all the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so happy to have writers and other yeah. photographers um, because, you know, I think the thing is like too, like, even like you said, like evil tenor is like, is it, is like a cheerleader for the working artist. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is like, if you keep that goal in mind and I have to do that yeah. with the magazine is that the magazine is not about me expressing myself. It's like, how do I shine a light on the local artists? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So you're doing that on an international level for, illustrators and other artists you know yeah yeah i mean that's what i try to do um yeah yeah that's cool it's, yeah it's 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 got it's 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 at a good spot i just yeah time to ramp up a little bit um yeah yeah and, well i love it yeah. i mean i i think what you're doing is great like i said there is a part of me that's jealous <laughs> <laughs> well and, you're doing something very yeah like i think we're doing very similar. specific things yeah similar yeah. similar things and just as specific, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like yeah. San Jose does have a lot to offer. And I, I, that's one thing I'm curious about is after, you know, COVID, the, we're, we're, we're free to walk about the cabin. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
um, how are what's good is how is what's still standing? May, yeah, what's still standing, and how and and will how it's available be different? Because yeah. just from my short experience, actually, even with Opera San Jose, because at Opera San Jose, I would I would have them, I I would have their name to be like, oh, Opera San Jose wants to do something here, right? Yeah. Um, even with them, it was it's hard. It was it was hard in San, uh, San Jose to get venues to um, kind of, I mean, I don't know. Cause I just being one guy, I think a lot of them want to do like corporate events and big events. Sure. So know. anything that's out of the, out of the ordinary. Um, yeah. They have to talk. They always have to talk to somebody else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder like, okay, like I wonder how, how some of these spaces that may be empty or may just been shut down. Like, how are they going to, how are they going to, um, welcome back the public you know yeah yeah that's, yeah that'll, it'll that'll be, be interesting i mean i did see some stuff even on the news we're talking about it was like wedding planners and stuff but mm-hmm. but just that because there was this so many things on hold now they're looking for the future and they're just being they're overbooked because people oh, who yeah? had delayed all these kind of like you know especially like weddings right yeah everybody who delayed it because they want to have it in person now they're all trying to chomp at the bit to get it. So these venues huh. and stuff like that are able to kind of like jack up their prices now. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like feast or famine. Right. Yeah. So a exactly. year of holding on by your fingernails and then now the floodgates are going to open up. And then, yeah. which is interesting because we talked about even like what you, you know, like learned over the last year. I'm the same with you is like, I, I thought I would have made more kind of progress and self-discovery, yeah. but it didn't. And I heard people even talking at the beginning of like COVID, oh, this is so great. The earth is, you know, it's quiet. The earth is restoring itself yeah. and we're going to learn such great lessons. And I, I don't know if I'm skeptical, but I was thinking the whole time, I was like, no, as soon as the gates open up, everybody's going to return back to where, the, where they were. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably at some point. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah. cool. Well, I do hope that the gates open up and you and I can go have a drink at, at uh, Fountainhead. Uh, I know. Are they are they open? They are actually, they I think, yeah, they are actually. You know what? We have to do that because they are doing, you can get a, you can get a beverage and hang outside. In the so, front, in, in the back area too, or just the front area? Yeah, in the back, in the front, they got the parklets. I guess you haven't been downtown to see like they, no, know, I, they but... yeah, they put a bunch of parklet type things out there, so... Yeah, it's so nice. let's do that. Let's uh, uh, talk after this and get a, a date on the book. Well, if you're coming up this way. You know. Yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you for uh, talking. Thanks for helping out with the magazine. Of and course. Thanks for like having me. I... Yeah, I love Evil Tender, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking time and talking. Thanks for having me, man. Okay, bye. Bye. To find out more about Chris and Evil Tinder, go to his website, eviltinder.com, and follow him on Instagram at eviltinder underscore. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Visit our website to become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the local creators. This episode's music is Tang by Chris Inman, who is featured in issue 13.2. Follow him on Spotify at Chris Inman and on Instagram at Chris.Inman, as well as his record label, Orange Label Records. <laughs>